Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not bad, yeah, not bad. Uh, so what have you been playing within the last week? Well, I managed to finally beat uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I decided mm. that I wasn't going to do a whole lot of the, the side stuff. Yeah. And just kind of pushed uh, um, you know, through the storyline, managed to get through it. It's a good story. Not an unpredictable ending, but you know it is what it is. Um, there is a game plus mode. If I ever get around to, you know, and if you get all the collectibles and all that other fun stuff, I can always jump into that. But yeah, that's uh, done, and it's on to the next game. Cool. So, did you enjoy your time and everything? Yeah, it was an enjoyable game. Uh, once I got the hang of the the combat, it was yeah. really intuitive. It did take a little bit for me to get going to and uh, just get it going, but once I did, uh, um, it was actually quite easy once you just get the hang of it. Yeah, I remember kind of that at the start, like you get given you know, a really basic bow and that, and then you get like bombs and freezing stuff and all, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and then, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it is difficult to get used to, and especially like with aiming and stuff. Um, and you can use that. Is it like when you click in the right stick, or R3, I suppose it's actually called? You can like slow yeah. down time and stuff. What were your kind of favorite arrows and stuff to use? Uh, once I got the, the enough skill points to do the triple arrow shot, that was pretty much it. It didn't matter which arrow, just being able to zip out three of them at a time. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I found that the damage pretty much plateaued regardless of you know what you did in terms of you know this bow or that bow or you know this arrow or that arrow or this uh, you know skill or that skill. The damage just really really plateaued. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to pop off three in a single time was uh, made things a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, DLC? Are you doing that? Uh, I haven't done any of the DLC. Have you got it? Then? Uh, yeah, it's part of the game. the The game that I bought was the, you know, game of the year edition. So oh, at some point I'll probably jump in and okay. play that. But I still got uh, uh, God of War and Uncharted. I'm sorry, God of War and uh, Last of Us Remastered to, to get through. So well, you got some damn good stuff to play. So. <laughs> Yep. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, my favorite arrow to use. I mean, it's been a while since I played, but I remember. Um, is the pink one, the purple one? It's like a bomb kind of thing, and you shoot it, and it does this like whoom, sort of noise, and then this like the uh, light thing kind of pops up, and it like it takes loads of the uh, like armor off of the, yeah, the robots. It's uh, the percussion arrow. It shoots the armor plating off of the, the yeah. robots, makes them a little easier to kill. Because I I got myself to a point where I was using that and the fire arrows, and I was basically you know working through taking the armor off with that thing, uh, and it's quite satisfying to sort of just see all the armor just like come off and all that. Uh, and plus the robot actually takes damage, and sometimes they fall over depending on what you're fighting. Um, and then I just you know fire arrows until it was dead. So um, pretty pretty fun. Um, what what else you play? A uh, little bit of uh, you know Fallout 76. I've got a couple of goals that I want to get to. Plus, we got a new DLC coming out, so I want to get back into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'll be able to get my main goal of firing off a new because I've done some research into what you actually have to do to do that, and it's a lot more you know involved than I thought it was going to be. So okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, you're on to God of War, and did you say Last of Us remastered? Yeah, Last of Us remastered. Yeah. Um, what was the other game that you you brought recently? I think I remember you saying that you uh, read. Oh yeah, Red Dead Two. Yeah, Red Dead uh, Two. I haven't. Uh, that's kind of been backburnered right now. Okay. 
Um, speaking of Red Dead 2, I jumped back in because obviously I did finish the uh, story and everything. Just really missed the game. I missed the game. I missed the uh, mechanics and the way that you can like interact with people and uh, do all sorts of fun, crazy stuff. So I jumped back in. I had a couple of side quests left over. Uh, I actually re I actually redeemed it as a bonus game, and what that is is because uh, I have three slots in my rental thing, I can uh, get a fourth slot. Well, basically the bonus game doesn't take up that rental slot, so it's like an extra thing. Because uh, there's various different ways that you can get points, and you can use those points to either get like a free month or um, like a, a bonus game, depending on on how much you have and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I redeemed that. And the good thing about that as well is when you redeem a bonus game, it doesn't go on your list, it just gets sent out straight away. So uh, that's quite good as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I went back in, did some of the side quests, had a really, really good time with it. Um, and then like, what kind of happened was um, I had the side quest with this photographer guy. Um, did a couple of those missions and like on my way from doing that to going to other stuff I ran into other different strangers and unlocked other different missions and then did three or four with those characters uh, And then I found this like war veteran who was uh, What's it? He, he had his uh, leg blown off and he had like a false leg and uh, Because of weight, um, what's it called where what you put your foot in on a on a horse thing the, 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 the stirrup stirrup um because mm -hmm. he basically uh got all tangled up and whatever and um his horse had run off and he's basically his leg had come off and got stuck in that slot thing um and then he says oh you know you know my horse is down there by the water can you can you and get it and then you uh go and do that i actually got a surprisingly stuck on that because what happened was uh, i thought oh i'll go over there i'll have to lasso the horse and and put it back over um, so I was doing that and trying to pull the horse and calm it down and then I did it like six seven times I was thinking why isn't this working and I actually got it to a point where uh, you know when they have the stamina meter um, Like he completely uh, he completely ran out of stamina. So I was like I'm obviously doing something wrong And then uh, with certain characters and certain horses when you go up to them and it says L for me It's L2 um, to like bring up the interact menu to say hi or greet or whatever um, I press that and then it says lead and then all I did was simply like pull get his um, lead or whatever and bring him over so that's what I had to do um, so I'm standing there like pulling this horse with a lasso and all I've got to do is just like bring him back over um, did that and basically he says to um, the character that you're with you, you play as um, like oh I do some hunting do you want to go and join me and then you do like hunting you do fishing with him and that opens up a whole different uh, set of missions so I I think I've done most of them there's probably other ones I haven't discovered and um, at uh, some point in the story you go to Saint Denis or Saint Denis every time I went back there just to like explore or, um, or, or go into some of the shops or whatever I always ended up in some kind of trouble um, it was it was very strange. I I ended up with uh, bounties on on my head and stuff, and went and paid those off. Went back, and I would like accidentally bump into somebody, or someone would like want to rob me, or or something like that. And it's just yeah, a lot of trouble in that town. Um, but no, I've had a lot a lot of fun of uh, going back and doing that. I did actually sign up for PS Plus, and I uh, jumped in on the online stuff. You have to create your own character. Uh, I created this female um, Western, I guess cowgirl, not cowboy. Um, and I, I'm just starting to do missions actually and I was doing the uh, battle royale-esque thing It's like you have six knives or something and there's 13 players and uh, you have to go around and kill those I jumped in a little bit with that and uh, did some of that stuff But uh, yeah, I, I think that's such a well made game and so well put together 
which is interesting considering something we'll be talking about in, in a minute in on this podcast. Uh, so I jumped in, did some of that stuff. And uh, what was the other thing I played this week? I did jump in back into Blackout, the Call of Duty mode. Um, the, the, the Battle Royale mode for Black Ops 4. Um, but I think it's it feels really unbalanced that um black art mode just the way that you can be out in the open or be in a building and then like when even things such as like picking stuff up like uh bandages and health kits and guns just doesn't really work properly um so i i sent that back today so because i have no further interest in in playing that and then i'll see what i get sent i'll play a bit more red dead and kind of go from there so i think that's all we want to talk about the stuff we've been playing let's move into the other content that we've been making we'll see in a minute Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. If you would like to get help with trying to lose weight, this might just be the solution that you're looking for. With a range of products that include shakes, boosters, capsules and more, get started today. All you need to do is click on the Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus link in your show notes or description on iTunes or on the website. Go over to her Facebook profile, send her a Facebook message and get started with the program today. Today's second sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, The Flash and Arrow have both come back uh, for their fifth and seventh seasons. Um, the, the second half of those seasons, Arrow is on season seven, Flash is on season five. Uh, so those are Sky One and the CW if you want to watch those. Uh, Black Lightning is also back as well. Uh, but I'll be doing a basically a season finale podcast because I did a podcast just before the little break that they had for episode 13. So you can check that out if you want to. But we've only got three episodes left so I'll just wait till those are finished. And then I'll do a, uh, I guess a season finale review for Black Lightning. Uh, we don't do Supergirl obviously and Legends is back in April so that's the DC side of things. Uh, the Walking Dead is still continuing for the second half of season 9. Uh, so me and David have been covering that. The uh, 9.12 podcast is out is out for you guys to listen to. Uh, we also talked about the news of uh, a third Walking Dead spin-off. Uh, or s- sorry, a second Walking Dead spin-off, but a third Walking Dead show is uh, in development. So we obviously speculated as to what that could be. Um, if you had any guesses, what would you think this new Walking Dead show might be? Just curious. Uh, <laughs> if I had to guess, it'd be whichever group came in offering to trade knowledge probably something about them would be just a rough guess okay okay but we talked about uh yeah that and the episode of course itself as well uh captain marvel is out this week it comes out on friday uh there's a showing in the morning 
um, which is at a cinema near me, so I'm hoping to go and see that. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is still continuing for Season 2 on CBS and Netflix. Uh, it has been renewed for Season 3, and I did forget to mention it on the most recent podcast. I will try and remember to talk about it this week. Uh, but yeah, we've still got like 7 episodes left, or 6 or 7 episodes left, so we've still got a bit of that to go. Uh, it will finish roughly the time that Walking Dead will, I think, or a couple of weeks after. So that will be interesting to do as well. Uh, well, what's the other thing? Uh, a new Ricky Gervais show called Afterlife comes out uh, on Friday, which is supposed to be a comedy about a guy who's kind of depressed or, or whatever. Um, we'll see fully what that's about when the show comes out. I want to do a spoiler-free impressions on the first two episodes, and then once I see the whole season, because I'm assuming it will be like a short... Uh, you know how Netflix does like the 8-10 to 10 episode comedy seasons, and they're like 20 minutes, half an hour, and they're quite quick? I'm assuming that's how it will run, so I'll probably try and, and then I'll try and finish the rest of the season, and then I'll do a full spoiler review. So I'll do two episodes, I'll do a spoiler-free impressions for those, is it good, is it bad, etc. Uh, and then I'll jump into spoilers once I finish the season. Uh, so Friday will be interesting as well. Um, and uh, yeah, a chat, chat podcast, episode three, I did that, that was talking about February and all sorts of other bits and pieces, and uh, that's roughly what we've got going on at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move into some news. Okay, so what would you like to talk about today? Uh, the first thing we have is Apex Legend. Uh, it's definitely uh, something to contend with in the Battle Royale genre, even mm-hmm. though that's not a, a, a pool I tend to swim in. Uh, Respawn CEO Vince Zampella on Monday shared a tweet that the game had reached 50 million players within the first month of its launch. Um, now, obviously, that's not 50 million concurrent players. That's just you know 50 million people that at some point yeah, have tried it. it. Yeah, downloaded it, tried it. Whether or not they stick with it is hard to tell. <laughs> um, he also said that it gained uh, 10 million players in the first 72 hours, and the game reached 25 million players in a week. Um, so obviously, it's you know something there to be had and fun to be had. Mm. Uh, have you downloaded or tried it at all? Uh, I did. I believe I spoke about it on the uh, the week that it, it came out, I think, for like five, ten minutes or however long it was. Um, I haven't jumped into too much more of it. Um, the game, uh, it feels like slightly janky to me in, in certain situations. Um, but I, I felt like the Titanfall gameplay itself, because if we do remember, it is a Titanfall game. Um, I feel like that has kind of been forgotten in some of the conversation of Apex. It's like, oh, it's you know this this new thing. Which it is. It's a new. It's a new addition to an existing franchise, um, but it just doesn't quite feel. It feels like Titanfall, but it, like it's almost not got anything to do with that universe. Um, but Titanfall's always kind of had that sort of twitchy, quick sort of feel to it, and I I never quite adjusted to it. Even when I was playing Titanfall one and two, um, although I played very little of Titanfall two. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's clearly doing very well. It's clearly impressing, like, you know, 15 million players, or at least that's how many have, have tried it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, doing well, so it's obviously doing something right. So, what, what do you think? At some point, I'll probably download it and try it just mm-hmm. to see what the story is. That's not anything that I've done. You know, I haven't played it, you know, yet. 
Um, but like I said before, I'm, I'm not a big shooter guy. I'm not a big Battle Royale guy. So if I did play it, it'd be more of, okay, I've played it, so now what? Yeah, so like a, a jump in and try it out kind of thing, which is basically mm-hmm. my philosophy towards it. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Battle Royale go-to for me, it's still Fortnite. Um, maybe it's just because I play a lot more and I'm <clears throat> maybe a lot more used to it. Um, I don't quite feel like the... It's not see, it's not quite a Battle Royale, but it's got the Battle Royale feel to it. The Red Dead mode that I just mentioned, which is where you jump in and you have... Um, one round you get knives only, and another round you get uh, bow and arrows only. Which the game lied, by the way, because it said you only need to hit the player once with an arrow, and I had to hit someone like three times. So, unless I missed, I don't think I did, but... Um, it, it It's like that, but it's a lot... Um, slower you're like you're in the middle of the woods and you're sort of sneaking around a bit more because you've got like more open areas and you've just got trees and bushes and stuff um but it's uh yeah it's it's a very different feel to to something like red dead but uh yeah the go-to for me is still Fortnite because i just still think that that's the better version of those games and uh, like i said blackout just feels unbalanced to me uh again all this might just be me but that's just the way i felt when i played those games so um, but yeah, they're obviously doing something right, and um, I saw the other day that Fortnite is introducing the ping system that uh, that Apex Legends has got, because if you didn't know, with Apex Legends, it's you, and you're forced to play with two other people. Um, you can, like, obviously run away from them and just play on your own or whatever, but you're forced to, like, spawn with two other people, um, and you as a group can say, okay, we want to launch here, but then you can go, no, I want to launch on my own over here. Um, so Fortnite has adopted something similar. I haven't actually jumped that back in and seen what that's like, but yeah, like you said, a lot of competition in this area, and it's just going to be a case of um, taking out the ones that, that don't work. So we'll see what happens. Um, anything else on this, or should we move on? Uh no, that's we can move on. Cool. What else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, Dead or Alive Six is. I don't know if it's out right now, but it's about to come out. Um, and they've also announced their season pass one, which I'm guessing is their first season pass. And it's actually more than the game itself. Mm. The game itself is retailing 60 US and whatever it goes for, you know, price equivalent in the UK. Uh, but the season pass is $93. And if this was like a slew of new characters and extra characters, you know, I'd still not pay it, not do it, but I can understand just finding the cost. But the $93 gets you 60 costumes for the roster of fighters at launch and two characters that will release sometime between March and June. Uh, yeah, so two whole characters and a bunch of skins that normally you would just play grind out for. So uh, what the actual fuck? Yeah, what, what, is, what is this? Um, it's, it's really interesting when, you know, in Battlefront, this, is, this reminds me of Battlefront 1. Uh, I'm not talking about Battlefront 2, it didn't have a season pass, but when essentially the game was $60 and the season pass was $60, uh, this has decided to beat that by $30, which is, did you say $90? Sorry? Was that 93 93 well, three mm-hmm. extra dollars, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> and you said this was season pass 1, so are they going to come out with another one and charge another 93 Like, what? what is this? Like, who knows? I mean, seriously, who actually knows? Yeah, and judging by what you've just said, with what two characters and some outfits? Yeah, sixty outfits, two characters. That's not enough. That I mean, sixty outfits is a lot of outfits, but I don't think that's worth ninety three dollars. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, not just new games, but how many games can you get for ninety three dollars? Quite a few. 
So, a lot, yeah. Yeah, actually, I watched this video on YouTube last night. I think it was from a guy called Mystic something. I think that was his yeah, name. Yeah, Mystic, M-I-S-T-I-K or something like that. Yeah, he's a streamer. He pops up in the Twitch fails every now and then. Yeah, um, I think it was it was him. Uh, or it might be Miss... Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but he did this thing where he brought um, a box of 100 uh, PS3 games um, and then unboxed them and said, oh, this is a good selection, this isn't, or this is, whatever. Um, and that was quite fun to watch. It kind of reminds me, like what I just said, how many games can you get for... For hundred dollars, he paid uh, two hundred ninety-one for that, um, and there was some good games in there. There was like Uncharted, there was like, some God of War stuff, there was like Heavy Rain, there was twenty-one sports games though, so uh, that that didn't quite help. But um, yeah, like I, I I don't know what this is, this ninety-three dollars thing. Um, <clears throat> it's because uh, I remember when I first saw it, and then I I kind of stopped for a minute, thought, and then like scrolled past it. And then, like, a little bit later, I was like, wait a minute, 93? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, this reminds me of, I forget which year it was. It might have been 15 or 16, but one of the NBA games, once they started introducing microtransactions for unlockable content, they were saying something to the fact that to unlock every single character and every single variant, it was like $153 in DLC purchases. So that's just, just real, just idiotic. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a lot. Um, which game did you say that was for? Which sports game? Uh, NBA, the okay. basketball game. Is it a similar thing they had then to uh, Ultimate Team, which is where you get like packs of, of players? I'm sure. I mean, those are all EA sports games. So the NBA, yeah. NFL, MLB, uh, FIFA, they're all following that same model. Mm. Yeah, because essentially you open... It's presented to you as if it's like a pack of trading cards in a way. Uh, and then obviously they're just digital players. Um... But yeah, we'll see if anything else comes out of this Dead or Alive 6 thing. Uh, I mean, I've never followed the franchise, so I probably uh, probably won't play the game anyway. Um, I don't know about you. Have you followed it at all? I've heard of it before, but I've never, I've, like... I've played some of it, okay. you know, back in my uh, college days. The uh, arcade fighting scene was pretty hopping back then, and this is not pre-internet. I, I hate when people talk, like, mid-90s is, like, when the internet started. It's like, no, the internet started in the 60s. It became useful <laughs> In the 90s, but it goes back to like the 50s and 60s. Anyway, mm -hmm. back before you couldn't go on a website and just look up all the the uh, combos and moves and whatever. We actually had to figure everything out. Um, there was a couple three arcade uh, cabinets in the uh, university uh, uh, student lounge, and there was uh, Street Fighter 2, the original one, and then it was uh, Tekken, and then Dead or Alive. And I played all three of those way more than I should have probably. Uh, and I've kind of followed along with it, but just it's just to the point now. It's just, I mean, they might as well just put your credit card on file and just watch that number tick up. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, now that you've just posed the idea of uh, spending a lot of time with the game, what what games do you think you spent the most time with, like ever? Uh, well, I know I sunk a lot of hours into Fallout Four. I played quite a bit right. of that. Yeah, um, and I didn't really. Start disliking the game until about the third or fourth DLC when there was no real uh, um, point to the game other than just kill everything. Which you know, right. occasionally you, you want that catharsis, but Fallout's usually more known for uh, uh, story and things like that than just you know mindless slaughter. So yeah, I think on a single player side for me, it it would either be The Witcher or Red Dead Two. I think it's probably The Witcher. 
Um, on a multiplayer side of things, I was going to say Overwatch, but then I just remembered the high school days. So it's probably one of the Call of Duties, because I was less, not less into single player games, I was still playing them. But the whole like, you know, um, run home from school and jump on Call of Duty and or, or Halo, because uh, we sort of shifted from Halo to, to Call of Duty. Um, it would either be, if it was a particular Call of Duty, it would either be, uh, the first Modern Warfare, no, Call of Duty 4, or the, uh, first or second, uh, Modern Warfare, because the third one was actually where people started to fall off, and then I was almost out of school by that time, actually I think I was out of school at that point, I can't remember, um, but no, I remember I sunk a lot of hours into, um, Metal Gear Solid 5, the, uh, the Phantom Pain, um, Fallout 4 I did quite a lot of as well. But you know, with those kind of massive open world games, you're going to spend a lot of time in them anyway. So, um, But it would either probably be The Witcher or Red Dead 2. Um, but I pro I think it would probably be The Witcher. Just because of the DLCs and extra, what, like 20 hours or or however long those are. So, mm -hmm. uh, What else do you have to talk about today? Uh, well, speaking of EA, um, mm -hmm. we there was an interview with uh, Amy Henning from uh, all the Star Wars games. She gave an interview... Uh, about uh, why that game fell apart, and she says that the game pretty much uh, fell apart because of EA's positioning. Uh, according here, it started off visceral was as a developer was very expensive to run, part because it was in, you know in the middle of San Francisco. And for those people in the, in the UK that don't know the the states very well, San Francisco is probably the most expensive city to live in mm. in America. The, the ballpark is, like, if you want to live comfortably, not, like, well-off, 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 but just, like, comfortably, right. you need to earn an annual income of over a million dollars U.S. That's how expensive it oh, is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you can imagine how expensive it is. So you need to be an to athlete, work. basically. <laughs> yeah, it's basically pro athletes and everybody else is defecating on the street, and that's not a joke. There's actually news articles about the rampant human defecation in the streets of San Francisco. Wow. Google it if you want to be horrified. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, back on point, she said, it's very hard to support compared to studios that cost a third of the price in places where it's easier to live. That's a hard sell. There's a constant drumbeat feeling like you had to justify the existence of the company. Um, she also talks about how um, where EA, EA is at right now, they're looking at games more of a service, the live model. I for obviously. Why. Yeah, I can't imagine why that <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, very lengthy article, um, but it's on the GameSpot's website if you want to look it up. Um, so whether or not we'll ever see that that game, probably not. You know, Always a slight chance, but probably not. Um, no, she did I, say that I the game... I don't think that we will, So, which is a shame, because we'd, we'd like to. So. Yeah, she said the game was very far in development when they decided to pivot the design. Um, which means start over and do everything again. Um, so, yeah, I don't see that happening. No. Um, where is she at the moment? Is she, is she making a new studio? Uh, she might be independent. Hi, uh, let me check real quick. Because I think I remember hearing that she left EA and then was starting up a new studio, which was a couple of months ago, I think, when we when we might have talked about that. Mm -hmm. Or whenever that was. So... Uh, but no, for, for, for those of you that are wondering, she's the direct. I think she's the director for Uncharted Four or the Uncharted series. 
Yeah. Um, I think she was involved in some of the Uncharted 4 development. All but, of them. She was involved in Drake's uh, Fortune, Among Thieves, Drake's Deception, and Golden Abyss. Mm-hmm. Um, but she goes back a long time. Her first official accredited work was Electrocar, Electrocop on, in 1989. So, hmm. And then what? probably her first big game, I would have to call big game, would be uh, a Blood Omen Legacy of Kane. Which was in '96, so I'm trying to see if was that they the, list her. Was that the PlayStation One game, Legacy of Kane? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Legacy of Kane was the second one. Second one, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, two of them. It, I think I have one yeah. of those on my uh, PS3. The, the classics. Yeah, Blood uh, Omen was done by Crystal Dynamics. Uh, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, and Legacy of Kane Defiance and Soul Reaver Two were all done by Eidos Interactive. Hmm. Nice. Um, so would you? I guess this ties into EA as well. Would you? Well, it does tie into EA. What do you think of EA at the moment? I suppose. Uh, I really wish they would just get off this crap of microtransactioning everybody to death. But the giant piles of cash that they're making is gonna um, not you know do that. Um, I'm on uh, Amy Henning's Twitter right now. She doesn't have a current position listed. It just says uh, former creative director of Old Vistle Star Wars game at EA, creative director at Writer Uncharted series and Legacy of Kane, on to New Frontiers. So, hmm. I wonder if she's still uh, putting that studio together then maybe. She might be. Well, she is going to be at the South by Southwest uh, week after next. Uh, next week, actually. I forgot that's next week. Hmm. So maybe something will get announced then. So Maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, and E3 is coming up pretty soon, so that's E3. E3 is really sneaking up on us, so because uh, we're well, we're only six days into March, but that's right now. So um, yeah, because February came and went, didn't it? So yeah, um, but yeah, I imagine she's maybe still getting stuff together for whatever she's doing. So um, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know if concerned is the right word for EA because the only other than Mirror's Edge, which they're probably gonna, not going to make another one, I would imagine they wouldn't do that because uh, it you know it just it just doesn't feel like they would do that right now. Um, is more focused on like you know Anthem and Battlefront and Battlefield and sports games, and then the occasional little you know a way out or unravel or whatever it is that they they decide to do single player wise. But uh, they used to do a lot more single-player stuff, and they've really just kind of slowed it down a lot, a lot more. I mean, I know you can play things like FIFA and Battlefield and that single-player, but you know they all have uh, online components and stuff, and it just seems that they're really focusing on those kind of games. The thing that really confuses me about EA, and this is more of a like personal taste side of things, is unless I'm wrong, in e- in E3 2018 and 2017, they didn't actually show any gameplay of uh, FIFA, which was kind of one of the things that I actually tuned into their uh, conference for, because they were standing there like, hey, yeah, we got the um, Champions League stuff here for FIFA 19, I was like, great, are you going to show us like what the game looks like? And I don't recall them actually doing that, which is very strange, because so, obviously the most important thing of a game is how does it look, how does it run, what is it, as opposed to just talking about it, So, but I suppose they wanted to be there and show off like, hey, we brought another thing and you can use it, so... I don't yeah, know. but to be fair, I mean, the game looks is probably going to look as good as it did on the last game, so there's yeah. no real reason to show new gameplay unless there's something radically different, which there never is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm still disappointed in, in FIFA and kind of what they've done. And um, They used to be like some of the, the Legends teams and stuff. None of those are available in single player anymore. You have to go into Ultimate Team and um, either like grind your way or buy the uh, card packs and stuff and, and buy those. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, what, uh, <coughs> what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, well as, we're, as long as we're on the Sony side, uh, the production run for the PS Vita officially ended on March 2nd. So if you even had a remote inkling of even possibly getting the game, you absolutely have to get it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony ended production on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, the two remaining SKUs have been discontinued on the, on the Vita's official product page. Um, this has been a long time in the making. Uh, Sony itself stopped making games for the Vita back in 2015. God. And in 2018, they ended production of physical media discs. Because yeah. this is the one thing that always perplexed me about Sony. And this isn't something recent. This goes back to all the way back to the VHS versus Betamax format. Is they always go with proprietary everything. And then when, you know, there's no third-party market for anything. They did this with all their handhelds with the uh, media for data storage, like for the, the um, SD cards. Like a generic SD card was like 20 bucks, but then the one that would work on Sony was like 80 and then going back to the, yeah, going back to pre-DVD but post-VHS, uh, there was actually a format called mini-disc. Mm-hmm. And it was a re-recordable uh, uh, media player format that could do media and video, which was actually far superior to the burnt CDs because the, back, in, back then the portable CDs, if the uh, a CD player got jostled at all, it would shake the laser head and it would skip like an old school record mm-hmm. and it didn't suffer from that and it was very very well done and could have easily um replaced uh, or been ahead of um any kind of like re you know rewritable media for a time but they kept that uh, proprietary as well and so that never took off and now um they've pretty much given up on the handheld market they figure out oh, well just nothing point in trying to compete with a switch and so all that's going to do is boost switch sales um, yeah, and there has been some stories of games getting canceled because they couldn't get enough physical media to uh, to write it on. Um, people that listen to uh, the uh, Sacred Symbols podcast has heard uh, Colin Moriarty rant about that repeatedly. Yeah, a Viking funeral, <laughs> which he wants yeah. to do with uh, with Chris. So, um, yeah, good podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, rest in peace, Vita. You never really had the chance that you should have been given because Sony didn't really care that much about it. They made a couple of good games, like uh, the probably the most notable one is like the Uncharted Golden Abyss that you mentioned earlier. Um, I think Persona Four Golden or something was was on there, um, and you can actually like if you do have a Vita or if you want to go out and get get one. Because um, they're not like gone, you can still go out and get them. They're just stopping production of them. Yeah. Um, so whatever <coughs> stock is left in your local store or online um, will vapor up real quick, and then unopened boxes will get resold on the secondary market and go for like twice to three times the cost. Yeah. Um, but you can get the some of the PS One classics. You can get, um, I think, the PSP games. You can you can get on there. Some of those. Uh, I do actually have a PlayStation Vita, but I don't use it that much, 
and the right stick also doesn't work, which is a which is a problem. Uh, I have actually been looking around at little places here and there to see if I can get it repaired. Um, but yeah, I paid like ten pound for a four gig uh, that the um, the micro that their version of a micro USB or micro mm -hmm. uh, SD card rather. Sorry. Um, of one of those, and I remember looking at eBay at the time, and I was like, wow, these are so expensive, and yeah, they just didn't do the thing of, hey, put a micro SD in here, and you can use that, because, I mean, you've probably got a couple lying around in, in your houses, uh, the, the, those of you that, that are listening and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, the Switch is going to, obviously, always has already come and dominated and, and done really well, and uh, they... Sony could and should compete with the Switch when PS5 comes around because I think in, in at the moment the the point that we are in gaming in terms of people doing like backwards compatibility and making new systems and stuff um you're probably not going to see any of that really change until the next gen comes around apart from the like you know discless Xbox One S you're going to probably see that come out um, but in terms of Sony doing like any sort of handheld stuff or backwards compatibility stuff, uh, you're probably going to be waiting until PS5 to see if they have any kind of peripheral with that. Um, whether they, whether they will or not do either of those two things, the backwards compatibility or the handheld style thing, because it might not be called a Vita. We don't know what it could be called. We're just going to have to wait and see what they announce, which will be at least like between 6 and 18 months or something we, we don't know when they're going to say something next because obviously they're not at E3 we don't know if PSX is happening we don't know what they're doing in 2019 um, all, all we know at the moment is Days Gone is coming out at the end of next month uh, Medieval's scheduled for this year Dreams is sort of scheduled for this year with the beta or the alpha I can't remember which one it is um, but that's scheduled for some kind of release uh, Concrete Genie has got like a spring release date so we don't know where that is uh, what's the other one that they have? Uh, Days Gone, Dreams, Concrete Genie, Medi... Yeah, those are the four that they kind of talked about for 2019. Because um, in terms of the big three games that we always talk about, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, and Last of Us 2, uh, we don't know when those are, are coming out, so we just have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, it's just the case of really waiting for Sony to speak next and what exactly they're going to do. So... Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Amazon's website. Uh, a standard uh, SanDisk Ultra 64 gig uh, micro SD card is regularly like $25, currently on sale for $11.50. Oh. Uh, the PlayStation Vita memory card, 64 gig, is at a base price of $93. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, that that is what Sony is constantly done, and it constantly pisses me off. And you can actually buy, if you want to have, like, a big honking thing sticking out of your Vita, you can buy a third-party uh, memory card adapter uh, for to use in the Vita, but to use a, a standard SD card. Right. And it's nine bucks. Hmm. All Sony's doing is just alienating their own base with this crap. Yeah. I mean, this isn't recent. This is what has been happening with the Vita since it oh, yeah. came out. Not even the Vita. I'm, you know, ever since any Sony handheld, what was the one they did before that? It had the same thing. Yeah, the PSP, the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I had a PSP. Did you have one? No, I was never really in the Sony uh, Egoverse at all. I mean, they never had a PlayStation because the original PlayStations you couldn't really get. They were always out of stock. Same with PlayStation 2s. Those, those productions were so low over here in the States that you could never find one in stock. 
and by then uh, the original Xbox came out, and I was all into that. Hmm. Yeah, I went from I think we talked about this before. If you go back and check episode fifty of this podcast, I think is our uh, gaming history episode, um, which I don't think has changed much because we were still on the the. Uh, did I have a PS4 at that point? I can't remember. But go and check the episode out and and see if it's uh if it's there and or it should be there. See if um what we talked about on that. Um, but yeah, I basically went from GameCube, uh, PS2, then Xbox 360. So yeah, I literally jumped from Nintendo, Sony, Xbox, uh, which yeah. was smart, wasn't it? Um, then 360 to Xbox One, then to PS4. Then I got the other stuff like Switch, PS3, and uh, Vita. Or actually got Vita before some of that stuff. So um, but yeah, go and check episode 50 out if you want more on that because Robert talked about his stuff as well. But um. Yeah, it's just, like I said, just going to be a case of waiting for Sony to talk next about what they're going to do with everything. Because um, they're going to be, otherwise they're going to be very quiet this year. Which I already in- anticipate that they will be pretty quiet this year. And they'll just be like, hey, yeah, these are the four games, that, like the four that I just mentioned. And they have this release date, this release date, and this. Uh, and then they'll kind of just let those games come out. So, we'll see what they decide to do. Um, but yeah, rest in peace Vita. And um, long live the Switch, or whatever. So, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Oh, well, the last article that I found that I want to talk about is we got f- specific details on the first part of Fallout 76's uh, roadmap. Obviously, we talked about the Wild Appalachia series of updates. Uh, this Tuesday, March 12th, is going to start a quest called mm. Wasted on Nuka Shine, which is um, part of their uh, expansion into uh, brewing and distillery. So you'll get the quest, and then once you complete the quest, you'll be able to build a brewing station. And then once you do that, then you'll be you'll have access to daily quests given by the mission bot uh, Biv, which is a barkeep robot near Vault Tech University. Uh, one mission looks like it does uh, daily quests uh, will be for recipes, and the other is going to be some kind of drinking contest. Uh, so you'll be able to make beer, wine, and spirits. And the wine and spirits will have a fresh effect and a vintage effect. Obviously, you know, spirits like that you want to age. Uh, one of the examples that they give is a uh, firecracker whiskey, which I'm guessing is their knockoff of Fireball. Um, it adds a fire effect uh, to your weapon, to your melee weapon. If you do the fresh version, then both you and your target get hit with the fire effect. But if you vintage it out, then only your target gets hit. Um, and there's a Hoppy Hunter beer, which increases your scope, stability, and damage to animals, but then reduces your VATS accuracy, which isn't really that much of a thing that I use in the game because there's no real I... pausing in it. So I just, I almost never use VATS anymore. Hmm. I remember using it like pre exclusively on uh, Fallout 4. Because if you guys know or didn't know, Fallout 4 is, yeah, not only my first Fallout, but the only one that I've played. I do still have the Fallout 3. Uh, copies, I guess, if you want to call them that, uh, but just not jumped into it yet. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of more up your street because you still play the game and stuff. Um, how how does it actually run at the moment? It's running a lot better. Um, okay. I mean, there's still some load in uh, uh, pop ins depending on when you first get in the game. Um, it's 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 more stable now. I mean, you're still going to get lags when there's too many. Uh, um, enemies on board but outside of that it, it's sad that it's taken this long for it to be a really playable state but you know that that is what it is so 
Mm-hmm. When did it come out? November? Uh, early-ish November. Yeah. And it was pretty janky at the start, so. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys are, are new or haven't listened or, or maybe forgot or whatever the case may be, um, I did mention Angry Joe's review, uh, which, yeah, is a little bit maybe outdated because that was back in when the game launched. But if you want to have a good laugh at Fallout or just have a good laugh, <laughs> go and check that video out because uh, that's pretty good. Did you manage to check that one out, the uh, Angry Joe video? No, nah, I don't really do reviews like that. Um, I... For, unless it's something that I have absolutely no background on, I tend just to stick to my own experiences on that because I find I have vastly different tastes than most people. Hmm. Yeah, I went I went to watch his uh, anthem review, but then I kind of just skipped to see what score he gave it. So, um, but no, it's not something that's gonna really pull me in. I don't know what they would if you would ask me like what what did they they need to do to pull me into Fallout seventy six. I don't know what. The answer would be, I guess, maybe if you put in a single-player campaign and make sure the game, like, definitely works, uh, then maybe I'd jump in. But, I, I, I don't know, because I, I really enjoyed my time in Fallout uh, 4 with the whole um, Lost Son. Was it the Lost Son that you had to find, or was it the Father or something? Yeah, I can't the Lost Son. Yeah, the Lost Son that you had to find, and um, the whole base building and stuff. So I, I enjoyed that, that was really good. So if you can give me something similar, but obviously a new story... Uh, they they could pull me in, but I don't imagine that's what's going to happen. So, we'll see. yeah, just because uh, it's designed to be online, so they there really wouldn't be a way for them to take it offline. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, what else do you have? Do you want to talk about? Uh, that's all I had. Cool. Um, so I've got two things, and we can talk about them individually, and then I suppose together because they can kind of tie into each other. Uh, Anthem, which is obviously the new Bioware EA game um has been bricking freezing and restarting people's ps4s um and if you guys had listened to the kind of funny games cast this week i think it was this week's one where uh fran basically did his continued review andrew was there tim was there and greg was there i think it was just those four uh and kevin shouts and pitches in whatever um so does barrett as well um yeah they, they talked about that this week which they released on i think uh monday they released that and then I think it was like two days later, it might have been yesterday on, on Tuesday, um, Greg posted a photo of like, I got anthemed, which is essentially the game caused his PS4 to restart. Um, have you ever um, had like a, a restart on your PS4 where it comes up and does the whole multiple bleep sort of thing? I don't know quite how to explain sort of what it is. Have you ever had that happen? No, I've never had that happen, but to be fair, I don't really play my PS4 a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Most of my gaming is done on my Xbox. I'm just on my PS4. When it's a game that I can't play on the Xbox, obviously, you know, Horizon and God of War and Last of Us, mm-hmm. uh, those are all three exclusives on that, so I'm going to be spending more time on it. I mean, I have had games on my 360, um, not brick it, but crash it hard, Um it's one of the reasons why I've never been able to get behind uh, Fallout New Vegas is the superior to Fallout 3 because that game was constantly crashing. I was constantly having to New do Vegas hard or, boots. Or 3? New Vegas. Okay, yeah. It. I bought the Collector's Addiction and it constantly crashed. I had to do hard restarts on it repeatedly. I actually, put, I actually shelved the game for six months hoping they could patch it out enough to where it would not do that and... 
it reduced it considerably, but it never completely went away. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's been reports of people having their PS4s ended up being bricked, uh, freezing, like when the game has what, uh, what I've had described uh, to be like sort of clouds on the screen, not actual like clouds, but a cloudy type of screen, which was is what the Anthem screen will kind of devolve into, and then your PS4 will either restart or brick or whatever it, it tends to do. Um, so what, what do you think of this situation? Well, I think that's part of the reason why they dropped Anth- um, Apex Legends like they did with no you know, fanfare, no nothing, just like, hey, here's a new game, because they needed a distraction from Anthem. Yeah, maybe. I mean, granted, that's a conspiracy-ish theory in that you'll never be able to prove it, but that's a theory that I've heard and I can completely understand and agree with. Uh, past that, I mean, how many times have I said it? You know, a bad game can eventually be made into a good game, but a bad launch will always be a bad launch, and we've got another bad launch. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I had a, I had a topic I wanted to kind of do for a discussion piece, like I've done every now and then. I did one recently on a single-player video games and how they're very far from dead. I did one either the week before or the week before that on Castlevania, those sorts of stuff. Sometimes I like to just... You know, pick a topic out that I uh, have some thoughts on and then just discuss it uh, and do that as like an individual podcast. <clears throat> but with this kind of tying into what I was going to say, I think I'll just kind of say it on here and, and not do the discussion piece. I, when I look at games like uh, Fallout 76, Crackdown 3 and Anthem, which are just three examples, there's probably more examples out there. But those are the three kind of most recent for... Um, AAA companies to be behind those games, so like Microsoft, Bethesda, EA, Bioware, um, I, I really don't think it's, it's acceptable to release a game, regardless, of, I'm taking content out of this, um, context, like content in terms of what you do in the game. I'm talking about just how a game runs and if it crashes or, you know, like performance-wise instead of how many missions you have. I just don't think it's acceptable and we shouldn't accept the fact that um, those three games have come out within, what, a couple of months of each other or, or whatever? About and, that, yeah. And then Fallout comes out, it's, and I'm sure I haven't played it, but I have seen footage of like uh, the death claws and stuff glitching through walls and then their, their, their health will go all the way back up and whatever. Um, and regardless of how that's being patched now, I'm talking about when a game gets released. Because um, when that game came out and got released, aside from, you know, they had other issues like the bag stuff and the customer service and all that sort of stuff. But I just don't think it's acceptable for a AAA company like that to release a game in those sorts of states. I've not heard sim- the same kind of things about Crackdown 3, but why I bring that up is because I've heard that it looks like a PS2 game or like an Xbox 360 game. Which is, again, just what I've kind of heard. And I will, you know, full kind of disclosure and stuff... Fallout 76, Anthem, and Crackdown 3, I haven't played those games, but I've seen and heard enough to where I can draw a conclusion to those games have a mixture of either not looking good enough, which is Crackdown's case, because uh, I heard Crackdown doesn't run, like, terribly, but has, you know, glitchy spots and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, so on a, on a graphics-wise, Crackdown 3 is is not acceptable in that way. Um, but you get what I kind of mean, these, these AAA companies to like come out and actually launch a game on that day and just kind of see it for 
it being in the state it is and still just releasing it anyway. I just, I just don't think that's acceptable. And I think that regardless of how much fun you're having in Fallout or Anthem or or uh, Crackdown 3, you, you shouldn't try and put that in front of the fact that the game just doesn't run well. So that's that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. What would you kind of think of that? Well, I can agree with the concept that, well, with the statement that Crackdown 3 isn't, you know, high-end on the graphics-wise, but they weren't really going for that look. They were going for more of the semi-cell-shaded, cartoony look, and you don't need the highest-end graphics for that. So that's kind of a, you know, glass-half-full, glass-half-empty kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. As for glitches, I mean, there's always been glitches in games. One of the first things that happened to me when I was playing Fallout 4 I was uh, shooting at a mole rat, and dog meat started attacking it, and all of a sudden, both the mole rat and dog meat went into outer space team rocket style. I was just, zip, what the hell was that? Um, because something with the jump glitched out and just sent them you know, into orbit. I actually recorded that, and it's on my YouTube page. Is uh, The dog just going, zip, up. And another time, I was playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, and I drank a potion to heal up, and all of a sudden my character, his arms just stuck out straw man style and just started spinning around like a top. Not like super, super fast, but it was just like, I don't know if you've ever been in a pub and just seen a drunk guy just stick his arms out and just start spinning <laughs> around for the fun of it. I haven't. But it was kind of, well, then you're not hanging out in the right pubs. Uh, but um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, going even back further, um, Red Dead Redemption 1 there was a glitch for the longest time to where off in the far distance NPC characters would just start flying like a bird. Mm. And you could just see them just going through the air. And that actually became a glitch game for some of the YouTubers was to snipe them out of the air. So you see them flying in the air and then you get out your long rifle and just try to pop them. Um, Mm -hmm. So glitches are always going to be there because you can't write code and not have glitches. My only issue is, is either if they don't, break the game and if they don't unbalance the game then just enjoy the funniness of it that's what i did with all my glitches that i had come up yeah um and aside from uh like going specifically back to fallout like glitches can sometimes be funny and they can sometimes be fun and there's a little bit of a difference between like general performance and glitches like if you have to go through a door or talk to a certain person to get through to to like part of your objective. That's not obviously very fun. But to be actually like bricking and restarting people's playstations. Not only is that inconvenient like time wise. It's also very dangerous for your console. So um, I've, I have heard that. I think it was Sony said that they were going to do. Um, uh, re- refunds for people that didn't want Anthem anymore. Uh, which is very very nice of them. Um, I haven't seen any kind of a, a statement from Bioware or from from EA. There might have been one by the time this comes out, but yeah, it, like because yeah, there's just different levels to this. Where some glitches can be fun, sometimes they 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 won't be because you'll like run into certain issues. Performance, like I said, if you can't like interact with the character you need to talk to, or if you can't get in a car you need to get into, or go or open a door not go through a door but like open a door to get through to to something else that's much more like inconvenience but but yeah for for someone like as big as ea this just isn't acceptable and that's the that's the point i'm trying to make so uh but luckily for i guess me and you we haven't had our ps4s freeze or been bricked or restarting or anything like that so um 
the, the only other way I can kind of describe it is if you've got your uh, PS3 either on or in rest mode and you unplug it, uh, the, the power cable, and then you plug the thing back in and it will give you like the three beeps thing and it will give you a message. Because uh, some of you might have, have had that. That was kind of what I was trying to, to describe earlier. That's what people have been getting. But like Anthem will force your PS4 into that state basically, or some people's uh, consoles. This hasn't happened to, like, everybody, but it's happened to enough people to where it's got a phrase called you've been anthemed, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I kind of want to move on to um, something sort of related development-wise. Uh, Kojima says he is behind schedule on Death Stranding, uh, which is what he said. Well, there was news of it today. I don't know if he said it today or yesterday or when he said this. But uh, he's apparently behind schedule, and a lot of people said, um, like I saw people in the comments and stuff of various different posts just saying, like, look, take your time, and this is a Kojima game, and it's going to take some time. Um, Don't put any kind of crunch time on him. Let him make the game and make sure it comes out right, and it works right, and it's really good and stuff. And it just does kind of go to show, like, uh, like hopefully Sony isn't putting any kind of crunch on him and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, like hopefully they're you know if he says to Sony hey I'm falling a little bit behind on schedule they can say okay we'll let you have a bit more time for this I mean it doesn't have a release year year yet let alone a release date but I'm guessing Kojima's probably in his head got some kind of target and like I want to do this by this point and this by this point and release it roughly here I imagine he's kind of got that in his head um, or you know I mean it depends on what's going on in Kojima's head because uh, how crazy some of his his games have been. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to tie these two together. Like, Anthem clearly, like, needs more work and stuff. And you got Kojima saying he's behind the schedule. So, what, what do you kind of make of that? Yeah, I'm sure part of it is, like, a set schedule that he's got, you know, for his layout. And I'm yeah. sure Sony has their schedule in terms of, you know, we want the voice acting recorded by this day. We want certain motion captures done by this day. We want... Uh, enough of the game to be in a showable state for this thing. I mean, they don't, they're not going to E3 this year, so they don't have to worry about doing kind of any right. kind of an E3 presence. And they, and they weren't at the, uh, game awards either. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm sure it's one of those things. That it's more of like an internal schedule of having sections done and projects done and concepts done more than anything else. Like you said, they don't have a release date out for it. And it's not like anybody was expecting it this year. No, I mean, I, most I, people very doubtful it'd be this year. So, yeah, my my gut is twenty twenty one at the earliest. Possibly. Do you think like early twenty twenty one, like a spring game? Maybe? Possibly. Yeah. Um it it really kinda depends on now on the internals on how you know how everything comes together. Cause I'm not a great coder, but I've done enough coding to know that, you know, sometimes it just takes a while to do. And that was on like really, really basic stuff. On the on the level that he's mm-hmm. trying to do it's got to be really intense, and who knows how many people are working on that game. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't heard any particular numbers, but yeah, like we said, we don't know even like a release year or release date, but we're guessing like Kojima, is it Productions or Kojima, Kojima Studios? I think it's Kojima Productions. It's I called, forget. Because he's got his own, uh, I believe he's got his own studio, but working with Sony. So um, they've obviously, like we said, got their own dates of when they want to do certain things. Um and uh, Sony probably has theirs as well. But hey, if he's a bit behind on schedule, just just take your time. Make sure the game's good. Um, I'm sure that Norman Reedus will stick around with you. And uh, Mads Mikkelsen. And uh, is it Guillermo del Toro? Mm-hmm. Him as well. I'm sure they will stick around with you. And uh, I'm sure the game will still be great. So 
we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, we're both. Are you are you looking forward to Death Stranding? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't really know enough about it to know whether I'm looking forward to it. It's always interesting. <laughs> well, I'm sure Kojima does, but I'm sure mm. I'm always interested when artists get to make something that they really care and are really passionate about. And it's that's very clearly the case in this point. Yeah. Um, I just hope it doesn't become another uh, The Last Guardian or Duke Nukem Forever. Right, or Kingdom Hearts 3. So, yeah. Although I didn't hear the Kingdom Hearts 3 run running badly. So, that's kind of not what... Just the it, you know, took a long time. So, uh, cool. That's all the news pieces that I have, but we do have an email which ties into recent things. Uh, if, you'd like to, if you'd like to send in your feedback, uh, questions, comments, or just get in contact, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK, there's the contact page as well, and there also should be all the information you need in your show notes as well. So just look in there and you'll find what you need. And if you don't, just contact us and I'll tell you how you can do stuff anyway. So, uh, Andrea says, You have recently talked about your single most anticipated game. Obviously, that was episode 150. If you guys missed that, that would have been two weeks ago. This is 152. Uh, and David was on with us to talk about that and some other stuff as well. So if you missed that, go and check that out as well. Uh, but what is your next most anticipated game in the near future? Uh, by the way, my most anticipated game is Link's Awakening, which has been announced. Um, but the next most anticipated for her is uh, Left Alive. Are you aware of Left Alive, Robert? I've not heard of it. And if I have, it either didn't click or I'm not remembering it. What's that game about? It's. Uh, I don't know too much about it myself, but I know bits and pieces about it. The art director or art something or other... Um, from Metal Gear Solid has joined that team and is working on Left Alive, so it very much looks uh, similar to Metal Gear Solid Five: uh, Phantom Pain. Um, did you ever play that, the uh, Metal Gear Solid Five? I think I might have, because I mm. think it was like a Games with Gold at some point. That was the uh, Ground Zeroes thing. That was oh, kinda okay. Like a then... re- that was kind of like a really long demo, basically. So then no. Okay. Um, but yeah, the art director or art something or other has joined that team, and it very much looks like uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. I, I, there was, there's a 15 minute video from IGN. I think they have a gameplay video of it. I watched about 10 seconds of it, and I wanted to play it because it really just looks a lot like Metal Gear Solid Five, and I like how that game looked and and that sort of thing. So I'm interested there. Um, but yeah, ne- uh, Link's Awakening is her most anticipated game, which we don't know when that's going to come out. Have they? Oh yeah, they did say 2019, didn't they? I remember it's they... some. It's relatively soon. I don't think it's like next week, but I could have swore it was. Yeah, I remember them putting uh, relatively... 2019 on it, but not like a date or a month. So uh, yeah, that should be coming for you fairly soon. Um, but Robert, what is your next most anticipated game? So not your single most anticipated game, the one that's coming out like soon-ish, I suppose. There's nothing. Re- I mean, we've also already talked a lot about uh, um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but outside of that, um, not really anything has been jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got stuff to play at the moment. The games you mentioned, kind of at the top of the show. So, um, what what games of the ones that you have at the moment? What are you most looking forward to? Uh see that's prop that's part of the problem with the me and my brain is that it it's it doesn't have the best recall with stuff because um i got so many things going on at once that you know i'll forget about something for a long time so outside of cyberpunk 
nothing's really jumping out at me that's been announced. I mean, I'm a little curious as to where they're going with Halo Infinite. I don't know that I'll play it. Um, but I'm just curious as to where they're going to take the franchise with it. Same with the next Gears. Hmm. Um, probably not going to play that, but I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it with the storyline. But outside of that, nothing's really jumping out at me. Hmm. Um, I am excited for Lift Alive. Obviously, I just kind of explained that with the whole 10 seconds thing. Um, I haven't actually played Trials Rising yet, just in case you guys were wondering why I haven't mentioned that game, it's because... I don't have a copy yet. Uh, I did play the beta. I did the first impressions for it. Um, and it was kind of a beta. It was basically like a demo for the levels that they have. So I, I'm still excited for that. I just don't currently have it on me. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, day, Days Gone. I'm, I'm going to go with Days Gone. I'm fairly excited for that. Because like I said on the episode 150. Um, that my zombie f- fatigue is nowhere near full. I could. I have a dozen things. Granted, like if you throw fifty game shows and films at me, I might get burned out on on the genre um, or on the on the idea. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of hungry for more of of zombie stuff, and it looks like it has kind of a Sons of Anarchy feel as well. And I did recently finish that series. I am currently watching the uh, Mayans uh, spinoff. Did you ever watch Sons of Anarchy? I keep meaning to, but I never get around to doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing you haven't seen uh, Mayans either, the uh, the spinoff. No. Nope. Um, yeah, if you want to watch that in the UK, by the way, uh, Sons of Anarchy, all of it's on Netflix, and the Mayan series is on BBC, so if you want to check that out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out, and I did notice today a bunch of outlets um, uploaded different like impressions for the game, like the early kind of spoiler-free impressions you tend to get for... Uh, uh, when the game's about to come out and stuff. Um, so I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out, and I think everything that's been shown so far doesn't look like incredible, but it looks pretty good and pretty great. I'm, like, fairly excited for it. So uh, outside of Left Alive and Trials, um, I'm most kind of looking forward to that, so that would be my answer as well. And uh, that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you, everybody, very much for listening. If you uh, want to check out all the rest of the content that we have, entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, um, all that kind of stuff for ch- to check out the rest of the content. And of course, podcast services have uh, different feeds that we have for different podcasts. If you'd like to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link, that's where you can go and shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you anything extra. Uh, iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to the feeds that we have. That will help us and yourself, because if you subscribe, you'll get sent in the episodes. Uh, word of mouth, probably the easiest and maybe the best way to support us as well. Tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website, the iTunes feeds. Um, they can start listening, they can tell their friends and family, etc, etc. Uh, share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. Of course, we do have Facebook pages, and a Facebook page, and our Twitter page as well. I uh, also forgot to mention this. I haven't mentioned this on any podcast yet, but we do have a new um, Twitter and Facebook banner. Did I send you that? I can't remember if I sent that to you. No, not. but I've seen it when it pops up. When uh, you tag me in posts, I see the new banner. But no, you didn't technically send it. Send it to me. Cool. Nice. Uh, but that's out there if you guys want to check that out as well. Um, kind of different sizes on different devices, especially with Facebook. Facebook was... So annoying to try and get that as the, the right size, especially because the group and the page have different size requirements. So that was really annoying to do as well. 
um, but basically it's a rotating thing where at the moment we've got Walking Dead, video games, DC and Star Trek and basically whenever those shows end and new shows start we'll like switch things in and out so for example when Walking Dead goes off the air we'll probably take that off and put Game of Thrones on and then when Star Trek finishes we'll probably put iZombie on or something uh, and then just kind of change it as things come and go the video game one will probably keep on there because we always do video game stuff so uh, that's out there for you guys to look at as well uh, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert or David play different video games. Me and David got Twitch streaming channels, Robert's got on a mixer. And the final thing to mention, did you see the Game of Thrones trailer this week? Yes, I did. Cool. Uh, so, kind of the thing that I'm going to try and be plugging a little bit more, because obviously it's a massive, massive show. Uh, yes, the Game of Thrones trailer is out there for you guys to watch. You can watch it on probably various different YouTube channels. Uh, but David's got it over on geektown.co.uk as well. And uh, we did cover season 7, which was two years ago, was in 2017. And uh, so me, Chris, and, and Robert, not Robert, sorry, me, Chris, and David uh, covered that season at that time. If you want to check out the podcast, you can either click on the podcast drop-down menu, click on iTunes feed, which is a post. Uh, scroll down to where it says Game of Thrones, the iOS and Android links in there. You can, of course, search for reviewing Westeros on podcast services. And if you want the category on the website... Uh, click on the TV drop-down menu, uh, which is in the menu selection. Just click on the TV sub-menu and click on Game of Thrones, and it will be the, in there as well. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's a very anticipated season. We're really looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking. Did forward you? To... Uh, what was you did say? you see the article? Did you see the article on the final battle scene? Yeah, forty-five minutes. Awesome. Took eleven weeks to shoot. Yeah, I yeah, really excited. That's for that. insane. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> Uh yeah, so it sounds like it will be it'll be very much worth it. There's a lot of things for them to kill, so <laughs> um that's going to be quite some battle. Uh, and of course we'll be discussing all of that on entertainmenttalk.org or on the Re- reviewing Westeros, which is the name of the podcast. Um, we'll pro- probably have a preview podcast out the week before, and then we'll be covering the final season. Um, and we'll kind of take that from there. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.